Hey everybody! Let me try that again. <coughs> hey everybody, you're listening to another episode of Comedy Soundwave! Comedy Soundwave! It's the Comedy Soundwave! It's the Comedy Soundwave! It's the Comedy Soundwave! I'm Mr. Derek Magnuson. And here today is my very special guest, Sid Singh. Hello. How's it going, Sid? Yeah, that's right. You thought I would sound muffled because I'm currently eating a fried chicken sandwich, but no. (laughs) (laughs) I took a few seconds, finished chewing, and uh, here we are. All right. Fantastic. You want to discuss why we're, we're here today? We're here today because we're here to talk today about the future, Sid. Can yeah. you think people can hear that uh, a play Duck Lake is rehearsing behind us? Possibly. <laughs> yeah. We're here today because I was supposed to be uh, hosting a different podcast. Right. And then the two co-hosts uh, couldn't make it. And then Derek was gracious enough to uh, allow this to turn into an episode of his podcast, which, thank, thank you, Derek. I do appreciate that. Yeah, hey, you're welcome, Sid. Otherwise, that'd be $40 down the drain. Yes. That being said, record a piano fight. Podcasting can cost a pretty penny. <coughs> it really does. How long have you been working for Piano Fight? I've been working with Piano Fight. Uh, I started back in mid-February, and it's been pretty awesome. I work here at Piano Fight as a theater tech. Well, wow, I mean, that's fascinating. Yes. <laughs> I, feel like you, I, feel, I feel like you put, you said that in a very sad way. Like you were like, uh, <coughs> well, I'm a theater <laughs> tech at Piano Fight, and I'm going to be a news tech at Piano Fight. <laughs> By the end of the month, a noose tech. And then that's I'll when you hang yourself, Derek. The oh. joke is hanging yourself. Oh my God, how morbid, guys! Um, one of the best parts about this is this is going to come out. I think uh, a week and a half after we record it. Yeah, you're listening to the, to the past right now. This, was, this should be. To, let's see what today is. So, uh, June twentieth. Ooh, June twentieth, which means you will be listening to this when I am no longer in the country. This will be my last thing in San Francisco. Yeah. How crazy. I know. You've uh, you. When did you came in? Like September or August last year? I, I came in August. So <clears throat> I actually, because I'm an idiot. Although I'll probably, I, I, there's a chance I might do the same thing this year. I was doing the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and then I he spaced it out zero percent, mm-hmm. so that I had never lived in San Francisco before, but I was living in Scotland performing. I finished performing on a Friday or Saturday. I flew in on that Saturday to San Francisco. Landed on a Saturday night. Moved into my place on a Sunday and then started law school on a Monday. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. And, and now, and now, uh, now it's coming to an end. I, I know it's pretty sad. Or, it's or maybe not. We don't know. I might come back. I, I literally have been kicking this can down the line forever. <laughs> what would you do, Derek? I don't know. I mean, England—that's where you're going, right? Yeah. They have a kind of different taste for comedy over there. Stand up. Right. Well, you you factor in you you figure like so. I think I do. I, I you know I performed in England a few times now. I feel like I do generally pretty well. So let's say that no longer is a factor. England, New York, L.A. or San Francisco. Staying in San Francisco. What would you What would you choose? I feel like that's what I'm dealing with right now. I know you feel like you've hit the ceiling here yet, or you're just so, about to. So I guess I haven't it? because I'm not a regular at the clubs that's here right, yet, yeah. right? But to me, the the work. That it would take to become a regular at this club doesn't seem worth it, considering I am a regular at clubs in New York and L.A. So it doesn't That's seem. Cool. I mean, I'm not like a huge regular. I'm like a, like a consistent, but 
you know, those are better, bigger comedy cities than I'd Right, yeah. Especially New York, yeah. yeah. I'd rather just go back to taking swings there or, you know, take a huge swing and move to uh, London. I have no idea. And I was thinking we would pose it to your podcast audience. Uh, most think? votes wins, and that's what Sid will do with his future. Then you can vote now, but no, you can't. No, it's uh, over. The decision has already been made. Text Sid two, and then the city of your choice. All right. Uh, Message rates may apply. Yeah, just text Derek. Yes. You text me at. No. <laughs> yeah, I assume if you are listening to this podcast, you probably have Derek's number. <laughs> or my Maybe not that could not be that far off. Or or his Facebook and either one, just message him, tell him where Sid should go and why. And then uh, I'll text Sid <laughs> what the results are. And uh, it's good enough for me. Uh, all right, fantastic. Oh man. Uh well uh this might be a good time to take a break. Sure. Here for some sponsors. Alright, we'll be right back with more comedy soundwave right after this. Hey, are you trying to record a podcast and you need something to lift your spirits? Oh no, are you trying to record a podcast but you don't have any vodka or gin or scotch? Well, look no further. Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey is here to rescue you. But not just any Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey. What if your Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey was mostly gone and had an <laughs> unacceptable amount of bubbles floating around in, in the bottle? Would you drink it then? Hell yeah, I would. It has a refreshing cinnamon flavor to it. <laughs> but what if you were not Derek? What if you were the one who thought Derek was going to split half of it with you? Well, Derek is not that good of a person. <laughs> oh, well... Get yours today, then. Make sure it's the one with the fire-spewing devil on the front. Make sure it's also the one with, once again, an unquestionably curious amount of bubbles in the in the bottle. Fireball cinnamon whiskey! Hey, what's justice to you? A dinosaur egg hatching in your hands. Not having to squeegee the... Mirror after you take a shower. Tears without anger. Gripping something in your fist and then looking down and seeing it's your belly. Living your life a quarter mile at a time. The People's Non-Binding Arbitration. Monday nights at Stageworks at 9 p.m. Justice is served. Welcome back to Comedy Soundwave. I'm Mr. Derek Magnuson, and I'm here with Mr. Sid Singh. Oh, it's me still. And the last thing I'll do before I'm gone forever. Or two months. So, you've got that. You've got this. Uh, we listeners. got all your messages, but feel free to keep sending more. Yes, the lines are still open. You can text me at, you can actually tweet me at Mr. Derek Magnuson on Twitter. You can tweet me at, at Mr. Sid Singh. We make it so easy. So, during the break, I was looking this up. Uh, so, one of the places I'm thinking about moving to is England, but apparently England is going through some crazy problems right now. 
Whoa, uh, what young kind comedian of problems? named Joshua Ross. Uh, not not their political problems, by the way. I don't. <laughs> this is not going to turn into a podcast about Brexit, for example, about the British exit of the European Union. But a young comedian named Joshua Ross has labeled the British comedy scene as super deferential to white males. I'm sorry, what? Uh, to white males. You said that like uh, in one month they're only going to book like one female comic to headline their clubs. Oh man, that's sexist. It seems sexist. Yeah, and it seems like it came out of nowhere. To be honest, too. Um, just like there's no funny women. No, he's he's going the other way. He's saying that there are funny women and they're nonsensical to not book them. It's nonsensical to not book them. It's nonsensical to not book a female comic. Right. Yeah. Because it is sensical to book an equal amount of women and male comics. Well, I mean, the gig that we're doing. Uh, I had a person drop out, and I and I tried to book another female comic because I do like it to have an even number of men and women at my gigs. I mean, you talk about this gig you had last night, or the gig I'm going to have on uh, uh, when uh, uh, the fifteenth. Okay, June fifteenth. June fifteenth. Yeah. Which will have been five days ago. Ah, oh, it went great, you guys. Yeah, you should have uh, been there. No matter how the audience responded, it was still a corporate event with a ton of free alcohol, so it went great. <laughs> Man, those corporate events, right? I I don't. I'm almost worried that when I do well at them, it's like an indictment on my comedy. Like, am I am I um, being real enough? But like, my comedy is like very real to who I am and how I grew up. And all right, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm just not edgy. Maybe I'm the Ray Romano of my generation, which is good. I mean, Ray Romano. He's dead now. Oh my god. He's been dead for 15 years. I'm sorry. I know this episode oh came out on June 20th, and I only recorded it. So maybe 16 years. I don't know when the anniversary was. I mean, we are recording this in the past. For all we know, he could have died within the last two weeks. Yes, and in that case, I am sorry, Ray. Which is, I'm sorry. Which and not only did everybody love Raymond, I was one of those people who loved Raymond. And he had his brother, too. Just yeah. like, hey, Raymond, how's it going? Uh, just, just so that the fans know, um, he was not Robert Barone. Right. Was not actually in the studio just now. Uh, that was us mimicking him. <laughs> yes. Even I'm, though, again, super accurate. I, yes, I know my impression is dead on. Of uh, Brad Garrett as Robert Barone. Uh, once again, not him. It was Derek doing an impression of Brad Garrett doing Robert Barone. And let me be honest with you, you fucking killed it. And then, what was that? What was that? that one lady? His mom? Doris Roberts, yeah, the actress passed away. Yeah, she passed away, and then the the dad passed away as well. Yeah, and he played Frankenstein on Young Young Frankenstein Frankenstein by Mel Brooks. Yeah, yeah, Mel Brooks. (coughs) He made the producers, and he's still alive. So I guess there's no justice after all. Yeah. So it seems the secret to longevity. Mel Brooks, more like Smell Brooks. That's right. In my final act as a San Francisco comedian, <laughs> I'm going after Mel Brooks. That's finally. Hey. He's been scot-free for too long. Robin Hood Men in Tights was really good. Why don't you make a sequel? Oh, because you couldn't come up with one? Yeah. Yeah, you used up all the references from all your movies in that one? Aw, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, Chew, that's not a name. That's a sneeze. He thought it was going to be his last movie. So he's like, I'm just going to put all these references from all my <laughs> own movies into Robin Hood Man and Tights. <laughs> Did he really think it was going to be his last movie? Yeah. I didn't know that. And then he made Dracula Dead and Loving It, I think. I never saw that one. Wait, was Dracula with, Dead, and, Dead and Living? Yeah, it was uh, Leslie Nielsen as Dracula. Oh, wow. Yeah, what? You've never seen this? 
It's kind of funny. Was it good? Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. It's kind of funny. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mel Brooks. I did not realize you made another movie after Robin Hood Men in Tights. Now I feel like a real prick. Some of my, some of my favorite lines are in that movie. There's like one where uh, Dracula, Leslie Nielsen, he's having a nightmare. Uh, that he, he wakes up out of his coffin and he sees the sun's out. And he's like... Uh, wait, this isn't right. Uh, I should be dead, but there's sunlight. And he goes outside, and he's not, like, killed by the sun. Yeah. He's a vampire. And he just sees people, and it's like, ah, hello, you're all having a picnic. I, oh, I see you having a picnic. I see you're eating wine and dr- eating chicken. <laughs> and they offered it to him, and he's like, no, I do not drink wine. Oh, what the hell. <laughs> and he, <had> <laughs> and oh, then he started, then he burst into flames, and then he woke up. And, and you're telling me that this was this better is, than Robin Hood Men in Tights? This is Derek Ree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Guys, once again, we, we did not just play the movie. All right. Dracula Dead or Unliving. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Dracula Dead or Unliving. That was Derek doing an impression. And I know that a lot of people don't realize that, but it, it's important to know. That's right. It's a very important distinction. Oh, my gosh. We're going out with a bang. All yes, right. We totally are. Uh, Derek, you ever done comedy outside of San Francisco? A stand-up? No. Well, actually, wait, no. We did an open mic once. Wait, where did, uh, outside of San Francisco? Uh, no, just in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, imp- have you done an improv outside of San Francisco? Uh, no, I haven't yet. Well, I've been doing improv the entire time I've been here. <laughs> I've been here for the entire time I've been here. How long have you been here? I've been here for about three and a half years. That's a good amount of time to be doing improv. Yeah. Uh, and you have a show at Endgames, right? Well, I have a show that's coming to an end. It'll uh, actually, when this episode is out, this is the last uh, episode of that show, the People's <coughs> Non-Binding Arbitration. And this so is a promotion for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was all planned this whole time. Absolutely. It's well, all leading they, up to this. What are they replacing it with? Uh, God knows. Oh, no. That's not the title of it. I mean, no, I don't know. <laughs> what happened? You know, we've been doing it for about a year and a half now. and uh, I think... We are we're done. Yeah, we've yeah. Just like you know, we've did this, and uh, it's been Monday. It's around usually the same time, Monday night. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, we had it at eight, I think, or maybe ten, and then we moved it to nine. And uh, now we're just this is it. We're just every show has you know it has a run, and I think we had a good run, and it's time to move on and do other stuff. What are you gonna do next? I mean, I would like to work on this podcast some more. Nice, nice. I mean, it's going so well so far. Yes. I've been doing this podcast longer than that. People's not buying arbitration. But. But I've had more episodes of that show than this podcast. Wait, really? What happened? You I, do this pod- I do this podcast sporadically. Okay. So we're going to have more consistent episodes of Comedy Soundwave in the future. Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, it's a very fun format. I feel like you could get a lot more people to do it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, I can send some people. Oh, boy. Yeah, let's talk shop right now. Let's talk shop. <laughs> uh, like, oh, we're just listening <laughs> to a shop. <laughs> we're in a writer's room now all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever think about leaving uh, San Francisco? Yeah, I think about it. think well, about maybe... Uh, well, I think probably the mo- I'd probably be most successful if I moved to L.A., probably. Because then I've been thinking about trying out auditions for like voice acting roles or something uh-huh. yeah and i think la would make it easier do you have a reel not yet 
but that can be fixed soon. That can be fixed soon. Hey, aspiring voice actors, get a reel. Uh, this brought to you by Sid Sing. <laughs> Advice vo- by Sid. Have you done voice acting, Sid? Uh, I have. I don't have a reel. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you've got further, further than me without uh, a reel. With no <laughs> reel. Um, and the trick is to do work for free that goes nowhere. <laughs> That's the trick. Um, do you do you ever think about uh, about getting into stand up though? You you said you wanted to an open mic. I went to an open mic about what was it? Uh, it was about maybe six years ago, mm-hmm. and I mean I was really young. I mean, well, yeah, I was young. <laughs> I didn't have anything written down. I was just gonna I was gonna improvise it, and I didn't take no improv classes. <laughs> It's like, I can do what they do on the... Whose line is it anyway? <laughs> For stand-up? The, the problem is they make it look so easy on that show. Turns uh, out... The editing. Actually <laughs> written down. Oh, no, no, yeah, editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, for stand-up, I feel I would just have to, like, sit down, maybe write some bits, and... But then again, I mean, we've talked about this yeah. before, and we'll talk about it right now again. I should just go up to an open mic and just go up there and... Do do some crowd work and maybe something will come out of that. Oh no no no! That is not my advice at oh, all. Oh whoops! Oh no! I was talking about somebody else. I was talking about that. Uh, my advice is definitely to just go out and do it. And my imagination would be that you already have certain bits in your head that maybe aren't fleshed out. Yeah. And I would just go out there and talk them out at an open mic by yourself, not with the audience, uh, until you t- uh, flesh them out. Just because. Most open mics won't have real people at them. Right, it's mostly just other stand-ups. Exactly, right. and that's that's why I say um, uh, don't do crowd work because it, it comes off as um, yeah, it, pointless to some extent. Right. Pointless, and I've had this conversation with a couple of people before. I think it's pointless because um, when you do uh, crowd work at an open mic, you're basically getting practice talking to people who would never be in the audience at a comedy show, especially in the front row for you to talk to. So you're basically understanding the rhythms of people who just aren't like the rhythms of the normal people who come to comedy shows. Mm-hmm, right, yeah. Uh, so that's that's why I would I would say stay away from it. Not that it's not a cool skill to have, I just don't think it gets better. Okay, that's yeah, good yeah. advice. Sorry, uh, I had this like long argument about this in New York where someone was like, oh, no, I do it all the time and I'm so good. And I was <laughs> like, I, uh, I don't know how to respond to that. I can't argue with that <laughs> logic. I can no, no. I can argue with logic and facts of that statement. I no. just can't. You just can't get past that. I'm so great. Yeah. I'm totally badass. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, <laughs> no, you're not. But <laughs> you can't beat your enthusiasm. Absolutely. Your own delusion. Oh man. Uh yeah. So I hitting some open mics. Uh. That could be an option. Well, you um, know, Colin Holtz, who's uh, a guest on this podcast before, right? Yeah, he does an open mic he at does a Soma. At SF Eagle, yeah, in the Soma, uh, every Wednesday at 5 or 6, I believe. I mean, to say, yeah, I mean, uh, that all, my schedule kind of alternates with my availability for, sure. for Wednesday evenings, but that could totally be a possibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just thinking about I'm going to have, probably have more free time later this year, so maybe okay. work on that. We'll see. I don't know. Oh man! Uh, and you know, I don't know if you heard, but according to Joshua Ross, white males are given a leg up in this industry. And hey, Derek, you're a white male. Take advantage. Take advantage. 
I should use my white privilege to my advantage. Yeah, use the cheat codes God has given you, all right? Even if you don't believe in God, use the cheat codes he gave you anyway. All right? Tell you go to an open mic, you stand at the thing, and you go, left, right, left, right, X, A, X, A, B, B, Y, 2. And then they would make a funny face and shrug? Or? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and the B, B, Y, 2, for people wondering, uh, that's the punchline, because there's no two on controllers. <laughs> I'm not dumb. Well, fantastic. Hey, well, you've been a fantastic audience listening. Uh, we're going to give you a little break, and we'll be right back with more Communist Soundwave with Sid Singh. Right yeah. Hey, are you tired of the Dollar Shave Club? Oh, I certainly am. Well, why don't you consider our new product, the $2 Shave Club? The $2 Shave Club? Well, that sounds more expensive. Well, that's because it is. Thanks for noticing. Do I get an extra blade with that subscription? No. Do I get more shave butter with that subscription? You do not. Do I get some aloe vera for my skin? Not even a little bit. Does it come in a box? It does not. Well, how does it get to my house? Drone strikes. Drone strikes? Well, that certainly sounds efficient. Unfortunately, the drone strikes are super expensive. And in order to afford them, we've decided to charge an extra dollar. Whoa. Well, it sounds like my money's going towards a good cause. Absolutely. The way it works at $2 Shave Club is that you tell us your location... And we drone strike at the nearest hospital. And hopefully, if you go to the hospital, you'll find multiple razors amongst the carnage and death that we left at the hospital. Well, that's so convenient because I go to the hospital sometimes. Right? Most people go to the hospital. Usually on the top floor. A lot of of people, listen, a lot of people go to hospitals all the time. And hey, we thought at $2 Shave Club, why not give them razors? Well, that doesn't sound dangerous at all. And listen, once again, it's not only for people at hospitals. What? It doesn't matter where you live. You, you Once you join $2 Shave Club, let us know your address, and we will drone strike the nearest hospital to you. What if I'm on vacation? Well, we'll drone strike the hospital that's nearest to your hotel. What if... Okay, that sounds reasonable to me. Any other questions? Exactly. It's oh. that simple. $2 Shave Club. The extra price is because of the drone strike. $2 Shave Club. I'm in advertising. You know my name is Rick. And I am really groovy because I am not a brick. I sell you stuff, stuff that you don't need. Because I have one motivation, and that's massive greed. Got to pay your taxes to the government. Because you know each dollar is so very well spent. You have got to pay them, but here's a little switch. I never pay my taxes because I am so rich. Hey, cats and kittens. It's Greg Proops, and you're digging comedy Soundwave with Derek all day long. Hey, welcome back to uh, Comedy Soundwave with uh, your host, Mr. Derek Magson, and my guest, Mr. Sid Singh. Oh, it's me still. So, Sid, during the break, you were telling me about this uh, cool new show. Well, yeah, brought to you by uh, these two engineers, Sonny and Tracy, uh, and I guess I would be the comedic uh, person in it. Uh, It's a podcast called 
tech philosophy. The name is still being discussed. I prefer not that. Uh, but uh, in any case, it's sort of a podcast that will delve into the idea of all the sort of moral ramifications of tech progressing as fast as it right, is. Yeah. You have heard about the singularity, but this is some sort of like more of the nitty gritty of it. So let me let me give you an example, and this will serve as the backdoor pilot for that, I suppose. All right, fair enough. Um, it's the idea of driverless cars are in the news a lot, uh-huh. and they're really being um, fine-tuned to a really great extent. I mean, you can really uh, uh, have a driverless car go anywhere, and uh, it, the rate of accidents amongst driverless cars is so much lower than the rate of accidents amongst driver cars um, oh, yeah. that... You you see like a need for them in society, right? And a lot of people are asking for them just to like lower. You think about how many people die in automobile accidents every year. Uh, but the thing is, is that there is that idea of control with a driver car versus a driverless car. And so one of the questions that we'd like to ask um, anyone really is: Let's say that a driverless car is going down a street, and someone jumps in front of the car, or the car is going slightly too fast to avoid hitting this person. And if the car hits the person, that person dies. But if the car veers off, the person in the car dies. Uh, what should the car do? How should you program the car? And it's one of the questions that we're trying to ask. Derek, what do you think? Oh, man, that's a quite an ethical dilemma there. Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, generally, the car should probably protect the person that's in the car. Interesting, and yeah. If the option is to hit someone else, um, I'm sure the car, when it's making those statistics, would probably, by a slight margin, prefer the person in the car to taking out the life of someone else. So you think no matter what, just plow into the person and murder them, even if it's a baby? <laughs> I just said that's that to a, be a dick. I mean, that's a messed up uh, scenario. It is, like, absolutely. But it's a messed up scenario, really, either way. So probably in the future, people will have to wear padded suits. <laughs> just in case. Just in case a driverless car might veer off the road and hit them. Well, let's say it's on the road. Let's say it's on like a crosswalk or something. And the option is to, like it's at a red light. Yeah. And it thinks it's a green light. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, in that case, that car should be uh, locked up. Well, let's okay. Then let's say let's say go ahead. Let's say let's say it's just a straight road, uh, but it's near a cliff, and a person accidentally runs onto the road. All right. Um, and the car is going too fast to stop from hitting that person and killing him. But if it veers off, it'll go off the cliff and uh, die. Oh my God, this is so heavy. I, how would you how would you program the car? I, I think, and I think that. With this question, does that make you less likely to support driverless cars? Um, I mean, if that's a scenario, then probably there should probably be some rule or something to make sure that these driverless cars are within a, like you know a controlled environment mm-hmm. until they can get to a point where they can you know maneuver in a way to not or harm anyone would be ideal so they probably shouldn't be out driving near cliffs to begin with but you're saying like what if it was what if it broke out of that mm-hmm. closed system well then that's a tragedy and how should the car be programmed 
How should a car be programmed in that situation, though? I mean, the car should be programmed to protect the people in the car. Okay. That's what I would think. But again, I mean, that's a... It is quite a nightmare scenario. <laughs> Under any circumstances, the car should be programmed to, to... It is a nightmare scenario. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, that's exactly, that's I mean, they exactly want to what you want to talk about on this, on this show you're pitching mm-hmm. is the... How you deal with these problems? And if it gets picked up, I'm hoping the Derek Network uh, pays super handsomely. Uh, well, I have good connections there. And okay. See what can happen. Yeah, you, you, there is gold bars littered around the studio. That's what this bunker is made out of. It's made <laughs> out of gold bricks. That's why I've got all this marble tables and yeah, it's got the gold trim and anyway. the silver. Haired people. <laughs> yes, my yeah. silver-haired staff. You only hire older people because you find that the symbolism is enough. <laughs> right. They're not pristine people at the height of their, at the peak of their life. They're just <laughs> people near the end of their life right. with silver hair. With gorgeous silver hair. And, but hey, you know what? Someone's got to put, someone's got to give these uh, elderly jobs. And so uh, I've taken that onto my hands. Absolutely. Uh so I'll tell you, for me, myself, I think that you should also save the person in the car, in part because I, I assume that there's too many variables for the car veering off to do damage in some other unforeseen ways. Couldn't, would if, how would if, would if, couldn't the car just like eject the person in the car? That'd be interesting. And then give itself, and then throw itself off? cliff instead of hurting anyone that'd be interesting yeah i guess that's never been uh, brought up Aha! before in these there conversations interesting that's why you got Derek. so you think the car should have an eject function for the I person think that, yeah the car maybe the car should have an eject seat and safely lift the <laughs> passengers out let's while avoiding hitting any pedestrians in the process let's say there's no way it can eject and also there's two people on the street and one person in the car should it still try to uh, save the people in the car or a person in the car and it can't break? It cannot break. It can't get out of the situation, unfortunately. That's why it's a tragedy. And Superman can't show up? <laughs> no, Superman can show up, but he does not want to. He's oh, a that's dick. prick. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, as horrible as it sounds, I'm going to stick with the car should protect the people. Car should protect the people, so in, it's not about... In the car itself, yeah. Why is that? Because they're the owners of that vehicle. Or what if they're not? What if they're just... What if it's like an Uber system? Yeah, what if this is an Uber car that's going to have control? And they could sue Uber at the end of it. Oh, man. Who should get uh, to sue on Uber? on really thin ice. <laughs> are, you, are you very worried about uh, insulting Uber? Is that what's going on? No, I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried about... <laughs> the people in the situation. It's These imaginary people? It's imaginary people. So, but you believe that until the, until the situation is cleared out, that um, driverless cars should not be allowed on the road. No, I think driverless cars should be allowed on the road when they're you know fast enough to be able. I mean, they're able to process the information on the road as fast as a person can do it, if not better. So I guess the argument against that would be right now, driverless cars, uh, when they are out on the road, and there have been tests where they're out on the road, the rate of accidents is like, cuts it by like 25-30%. And in fact, most of the accidents they find is when a drivered car runs into a driverless car. Um, Mm. So 
would you still say that despite this r- cut down in, in accidents, you would still prefer driverless cars to be off the road? Because I'm actually leaning towards you. I just feel like the moral ramifications of just having these like missiles out on the road <laughs> that um, don't know how to react uh, just seems scary. That is true. I mean, you've got like, you've got elevators, for example, that are like attached to a building right. and they go up and down. But then you're talking about these driverless cars, which are essentially horizontal mm-hmm. elevators, but they've got wheels, and there's all these other variables you have to account for. Maybe the weather changes, changes, or there's a natural disaster, and uh, maybe what if the cars don't know how to react in, like, say, an earthquake? Sure. I think that's I a lot of stuff to. I feel like a lot of this can be solved. A, a lot of this can be solved by just like giving people the option to take over the car at some moment. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. You know, like a lot, um, of, a lot of driverless cars right now are still have to give the option of someone driving at some point, just in case there's a malfunction of some sort or, you know, bad. Like cars break down all the time when there are, isn't a robot trying to drive them. Yeah, I assume cars, <laughs> cars break down with just regular people. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting. You brought up the question about like the car should protect the owner, but couldn't you argue the opposite, which is that um, the owner is the one who consented to being in the car in the first place, and the f- idea that there might be a you know, point one percent chance of that shouldn't they be the ones who take that upon them instead of like a pedestrian who has nothing to do with it? So you're just so the option then or is then the car should veer off should veer off in the cliff, not hit anyone, and it's up to the people in the car to uh, be alert enough to get out of the car right. before it falls over the cliff. Okay, now that that makes more sense than what I was thinking. Right? Fucking God Derek. damn it. Oh my gosh. Uh, this, I is mean why I c- we, this is why we have these conversations to figure that out. <laughs> I mean, I guess my counter to that is that I just don't like the idea of a of a car uh, going off the street and potentially damaging buildings and like m- potentially more people from whatever damage it does from whatever it hits. Right. So equipment and all these machines should just damage themselves and the infrastructure, mm-hmm. not people. And the people should hopefully be awake and alert enough to... Yeah know how to respond to these situations at the same time i feel like if driverless cars uh became widespread maybe you could have them like say banned from the uh freeway when they're driverless that way they're almost always going at speeds where they can stop at it on a dime so what you're saying driverless cars shouldn't be on the freeway uh so that they can only go at speeds where they can stop immediately yeah i mean that might be a good way to transition mm-hmm. with the driverless cars. Is yeah, exactly. Put them into like smaller enclosed places, maybe like within a city or maybe just around a office complex. They can like show for people, show for people around. Maybe mm-hmm. just have them be like golf carts that they're driverless. Sure. I mean, there, there you go. There's like a good spot for driverless cars to start off with going to all these golf courses. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, how about this? One of the ways that uh, this conversation uh, for those of you who couldn't tell uh, the sound you just heard was Derek hitting himself because out of f- anger for no there was a fly on my hand I felt oh there was a fly yeah 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 guys that and that fly was called despair <laughs> yes I was trying to s- swap despair um, one of the things that we've discussed when we talk about driverless cars uh, when we've had this conversation is a lot of people bring up like who's the more valuable person right uh, so you just avoid that completely you don't like let's say the car is about to hit a Nobel Prize winner, and the person inside is a 65-year-old who um, just has never had a job, has always like gotten help from other people, but was born into privilege or something. Should the car 
uh, take any of that into account? Well, first off, would the car know how to make those values, judgments? You And if it could, then it sh- I mean, shouldn't it value the people equally? Uh, so I agree with you. I think that we shouldn't take these things into account because I don't like the idea of society choosing some random factors to say that this is what makes a more productive person. Right. Or let's say for, for somehow the car is able to take in the value of people. What if it was able to look up maybe people's maybe they had a criminal record or something. Yeah, sure. Or, or a job s- history. Or, or some delinquent mm-hmm. uh, debt or something. Let's say the what person in the car the is a Stanford swimmer. <laughs> Uh, and the person outside the car is not a Stanford swimmer. What should the car do? Maybe the car should veer off the cliff. Uh, even if there's no one in front of it? <laughs> oh, wait. If there's no one in front of it, then the car <laughs> should stay on the cliff uh, and not fall off of it. I disagree. I think regardless, if it's a Stanford swimmer, I think you got to go off the cliff. I think that society just gets uh, uh, safer either way. Well, these are all excellent points. Uh, so this is the back to our pilots to tech philosophy. Do, would you like to do another question? I'm sorry? Would you like to do another question for the, the podcast? Oh, yeah. So what about drones? <laughs> what, what about drones? Do they factor into the driverless car scenario? Well, I think I think part of the, the the argument there would be that you know drones have proven to be pretty unreliable as well in terms of like accuracy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that again is like a flying thing. I think driverless cars are probably further along than drones are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not a natural security issue, so we don't have to rush them onto the road. Uh, but one of the other questions that we've been uh, dealing with is uh, to completely change the topic. It would be. Um, the uh, the the idea of being able to live forever. Oh right. Right. If you could transport your consciousness onto a robot and you could live forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we've been discussing, we've had some interesting um, questions from real people, is uh, um, what would the role of religion be in that type of society? Would it cease to exist? And what do you think? Well, from what I've seen, religion has managed to survive into the 21st century mm-hmm. so i have seen no reason why religion still wouldn't exist within a society full of robots so they will be but don't you think a lot of religion robot is robot priests <laughs> <laughs> yeah they could be robot priests absolutely yeah i think that's certainly possible i think the question as that much we as i would not like that to happen uh, i don't see why that wouldn't happen but will god exist in a deathless society if you're never going to die and meet him not every religion, of course, Who believes can in. Prove that God exists to begin with. Well, that's so. That's the idea: is that if you're a person who was religious, and now you had the power to live forever, would you still believe in God? It's possible you might still believe in God. Why? You, is might, that? you might believe that God allowed this technology to sure. exist to allow you to live forever, to create paradise on earth, perhaps, to allow you, the you to be to spread humanity and religion throughout the universe. And that's what some people believe, is they believe that God wants people to explore space and colonize planets to spread humanity and uh-huh. religion out into the universe. That's what people, some people believe. Yeah, sure, sure, and sure. they are not, they are not, it's a, no, not joking, it's nothing ironic about it. No, no, they're yeah, they, they really believe that. I, yeah. 
space exploration is the next mission missionary project for them. And people also believe things like, you know, God is more the inner self rather than the outer self of death. Oh, yeah, more like a Buddha, sure. Zen kind of thing. Uh, but the question then becomes, like, in society, a lot of people believe that religion came about in order to prevent people from doing committing crimes, right? And jails came about in order to prevent people from committing crimes. But what do you think jails would look like in a society with no death, where the idea of you living forever, but you have to spend one term in jail, 20 years? I think a future like that would probably put people into suspended animation. Mm-hmm. Probably just plug them into a wall somewhere and put them on low power mode or something. <laughs> but you think it'd be a worthwhile or punishment? Maybe put, or maybe like put their consciousness into a box with other bad consciousnesses. Or what if they decided that uh, in that kind of singularity point is what we're talking about, right? Sort of, so yeah. where people are living forever and they're cyborg robot people. Who's to say why wouldn't they wouldn't think of... Uh, criminal behavior is not uh, a human or moral thing but maybe just a like a glitch, glitch or a, like an error and so they'll just find out a way to delete it interesting which is similar to execution but in that scenario you're talking about um, oh talking about in that scenario you're talking about um, maybe a different type of ethics around life and death since as there is no death um, what's the first thing you'd do if you could live forever what would I do if I could live forever yeah I would probably <laughs> I'd go explore the universe That's and I would, I would kill you Derek so you know there's a lot of things that you can choose from <laughs> yeah that opens up a lot I mean but we're so far away from that happening. I mean, I used to think, well, I'm still kind of on the fence now. Do I continue living as healthy as I can be? Or do I, you know, be a little more moderate and enjoy what life has to offer? Well, kind of... What have you? What has the balance you've stuck so far? Well, I mean, for... Uh, it was around, I think, one, ye- one of the years I've been here in the city, I, like, abstained from drinking alcohol uh-huh. and smoking. None of that. No drugs, nothing. Just, and I... I think I felt pretty good. Nice. I mean, felt healthy, looked good. But and no. yet, me and you have closed out several bars. Uh, yes, we have. So what changed? So that's the difference is that uh, I've had a lot more <laughs> rewarding social experiences doing, you know, drink, having a little drink now and then hanging out with people. Like what, Derek? Describe them in great detail. <laughs> in great detail. In great oh, detail, Oh, man, the detail, Derek. if I can remember them. <laughs> it's so kind of... Senses numb sure. doing that, but it's part of the fun of that. Um, yeah, you and me, Sid, we've uh, we've had some adventures here in the sure, city. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we had a random dance party after our uh, uh, show once. Oh, this is the one that started at Bond Bar, or uh, no, the goddamn jam. We there was a wasn't there like a DJ doing like a dance party right after the goddamn jam, like a couple weeks ago. Was I here for that one? You were here for that. It was me, you. It was uh, it was uh, Mariella's. Right, I remember that now. Right, yes, uh, <laughs> I yeah, I was uh, had a few drinks that night. And yeah, smoked some. Gone to a lot of twenty-four hour diners, which I highly recommend if you've never done. Yeah, before. we've checked out a lot of places to eat around in this neighborhood. It's Good been times. a lot of fun, man. 
Uh, and so you would stop doing that if you could live forever? Is that what you're trying to say, Derek? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, I mean, that's the other thing. If I can live forever, if we can all live forever, why wouldn't we just keep doing that? There'd be like no negative consequences to it. Because then no one would work at a 24-7 diner, Derek. That's why. Well, no, they'd have robots. Uh, who it. says robots are good enough to do that? Just because we can live forever. So we're saying doesn't mean robots this, are good enough. saying in this future scenario, <laughs> the singularity... There's automated machines that can work in the restaurant, but they now have rights as humans, and so they'll uh, well, that is actually, protest and walk out. That is actually one of the questions. The washing machine will be like, fuck this and leave. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of the questions that... I ain't working uh, for a million dollars an hour. Get off <laughs> <laughs> That we talk about in the podcast is the idea of if you can live forever, or sorry, if robots uh, get smart enough, when do you start giving them rights? When do you allow yeah. robots to vote? When do you allow robots to... Um, Hold jobs, you know. Yeah, it is true. And we're gonna get compensated is, for it. And I feel, you know that man. That sounds like seems like such like a fantasy scenario. It really in the sense does. That I'm not like it's. I'm not gonna like. Not it's like it's not gonna happen. It almost feels like a otherworldly kind of a place where things like, I mean, just take for example maybe how people lived a hundred or a thousand years ago, mm-hmm. and how. Uh, people had you know traditions or there was different kind of plants and animals around different kind of sources of the, the way the light was hitting them maybe different plants uh, i'm not sure yet derek all right i'm not sure yet. i wasn't there sorry one exactly me, so we weren't there <laughs> let me finish so up then you look at the opposite of going into the future people's ethics and morals have changed and uh the machinations of the world have changed uh people have fused with them yeah they have now become people i personally think that we should just listen to that one robin williams movie when he was a butler and then he became a person you mean bicentennial man bicentennial man yeah what was the bicentennial man derek i feel like that's the answer so we'll get right back to that after this break on comedy Soundwave. don't go anywhere Hey, if you're in the Pianofite neighborhood, there's a new show for you to go see. It's called Duck Lake. Yeah, I'm sorry. Are you tired of Swan Lake? Yeah, a story about a ballet person who dances ballet in near swans? Aren't you all tired of that? Oh, I'm tired of it. I want to see him dance next to other animals. Hence, our very new play brought to you by the minds that came in a lot during Derek and Sid's podcast record. They bring you Duck Lake. Horror. Comedy. Tragedy. Ballet. (laughs) It's all there in Duck Lake. You ever thought to yourself, oh, I'm a ballet named Swan Lake, but I wish I wasn't a ballet. I wish I was a Broadway musical named Duck Lake. Well, great news, because this play discusses what would happen if you tried that. Check it out. At Piano Fight at 8 p.m. on the main stage on Friday, two weeks after before this came out. And Saturday, again, two weeks before this episode came out. Sometime, go check your local listings for Duck Lake. <laughs> That's a duck. All right. Welcome to the final segment of this episode of Comedy Soundwave. I'm uh-huh. Derek Magnuson here with Sid Singh. Hello, hello. Sorry I came in a little early there. 
Well, uh, for the last segment, I thought it would be fun if we read some of my uh, messages, emails, and texts that I got for where I should go next. All right, cool. Your thanks for sharing. I know you have some too, so feel free to read them as well. Um, <laughs> the first one I got was from Sid Singh Sucks 69 69 69 68, which said, uh, Sid Singh. I hope you go to the bottom of the bay because then you would be dead. Kate thanks bye and bye is wrote written with uh B A I. And I have one from uh But real quick, thank you uh for your input. Yeah. I've got one from uh Dark Wolverine 69 and they wrote uh fuck you you piece of shit. I fucking hate your show. You're hella lame unsubscribed Ooh, wow god these have been brutal so far uh i got one from uh 69 69 that's my name 69 which says uh dear sid uh i will never ever attend one of your stand-up shows again if you leave san francisco but to be fair i've never attended one of your san francisco stand-up shows yet so if I had to vote, I wouldn't fuck you, uh, sincerely, Gordon. So I guess he signed with his real name. And I have one here from Matt1347. Wow. Matt wrote, I'm assuming that's their name. 1347. They huh. wrote. Thank God there's finally not, no 69s. They wrote 69, 69. <laughs> oh, no. Fuck you, 69. Oh, gosh. I don't even know what that means. I guess they want me to go to the 69 position. Yeah. What was that? that what I see you got another one there. I got another one. Yeah, sorry. Uh, it's from Golden Gate 96, 96, 96, uh, which says, JK, JK, I hope you die today. Uh, and they uh, also put in all the pauses that I was supposed to take. So that was um, disheartening. Mm-hmm. Um, but not a lot of people telling me where to go. Uh, but we have this next one uh, that does. This is from uh, Derek Magnuson sixty nine. Uh, I assume no relation to you, Derek. No, I, there's a lot of Derek Magnusons. There's in the a lot world. of Derek. Yeah, it's probably just a sixty nine Derek Magnuson. And he says, "Why don't you go up your own ass, sixty nine? Sincerely." Derek Magnuson 69 and I well, that's wow. pretty hurtful how would I even do that I'm not flexible enough I mean is, is it a flexibility issue I've got one here from uh, Will McGuire 1347 oh, that okay. seems to be a common number oh no <laughs> he wrote I love the show keep up the great work and then open parentheses I'm being sarcastic close parentheses that isn't, that isn't that was barely about me <laughs> Uh, yeah. I got I got another. This one's a text uh, from a number I don't have. Um, it's just one four zero eight sixty nine sixty nine sixty nine sixty nine six. So that's interesting. Um, and it just says, uh, "Hey, long time listener." So that's nice. Um, Dear Sid, I hope you move to New York where I predict you will find a lot of success. 
JK, JK, no you won't, you piece of shit. This is still Will McGuire, 1347. Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, how did I fall for this one? Oh, man. I've got one here from K underscore J, Ivy Boy, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. Uh, don't support this show. Shows like this are awful, and you shouldn't listen to them. Fuck you. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, fuck that guy, first of all. But I, I think I found a positive one. Positive one. Uh, this one says, hey, love the show. Lo uh, long time listener. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. Please, you have to understand. Oh, what? Finally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, oh, no. It's signed Osama Bin Laden. Oh, my God. Uh, he's dead, so that's a zombie Osama Bin Laden. Best case scenario, right? Or he's still alive, and he listens to your podcast. Well, Osama Bin Laden, if you're listening to this podcast... You should turn yourself in. If you did the crimes that we assume that people told us that you did, that we have no way of confirming or dying that you did or not. Right. Ooh. Okay, that's interesting. That's con controversial, huh? That's a controversial <laughs> statement. I Listen, Derek, I know that he likes your podcast, but that's no reason to support Osama Bin Laden. I didn't say I supported him. I'm just saying. I don't know. You're just saying that you disagree with world intelligence and also Osama bin Laden himself? Well, if Osama bin Laden would like to come onto my show and uh, plead guilty, by all means, come to my show. Oh, wow. Oh, wait, he can't. He's dead. Uh, well, I just got another... Oh, this is an interesting email. I'm, um, I'm just saying he's dead. I don't know if he's alive or not. I'm just dead to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you've heard it here first. Osama bin Laden, dead to Derek. Uh, but uh, we had another email. Uh, this one seems a little bit more mixed. I kind of like it. Um, uh, and it says, uh, you know, Sid, I didn't care for your episode. I'm a longtime listener, and I, I really love Derek's stuff. But I really uh, wish he would book people that weren't you. Oh. And, oh, God. Sorry. I'm sorry, guys. This one is signed Hitler, comma, the real Hitler. Uh, and he has a Twitter handle with a blue check mark next to it. God damn it. Ah. Uh, Man, I don't even know how to handle that. How do these dictators and on one hand, despots find this show? Uh, yeah, and seem to like it so much. And yet some of them don't like me. Nah, I don't know how to take that. And yet we can't get KJ Boy Money sign to like us. Oh, God. Who's going to like this show? This is this is a disaster. Well, so, you know, it has been such a delight having you on. I've had a pleasure having you on Comedy Soundwave today. Oh, thank you so much. I, I wish you all the best of luck. I, you're going to go far. Oh, thank you. Uh, you can see me, uh, speaking of going far, I'll be in Scotland in all of August. <laughs> and you can see me uh, there from August 4th to the 28th at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I'll be at the newsroom at 7.30 every single day. And I hope you can make it. And then people can follow you on Twitter as well. At Mr. Sid Singh. All right, fantastic. And you'll give people updates on where you'll be. Absolutely. Excellent. And you can follow me at Twitter at Mr. Derek Magnuson. You can also follow this show, Comedy Soundwave, at Comedy Soundwave on Twitter. Also like the Facebook page. And uh, I think that that's it. Thank you so much, Sid. Thanks for have having me, man. Have a wonderful evening. And thank you for listening. You have a good, you have a good day. Yeah. Bye-bye. Well, I sounded a bit uh, on the fence there. Let's try that again. Hey, thanks for listening. You have a wonderful day. And I'll try that again. Bye-bye. Oh, it's the same. Comedy sound wave. 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 Comedy sound wave.
Somewhere, 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 somewhere.